the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In Ephesians, Paul tells us we live by faith alone, through grace alone, and that not of ourselves, but a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Today, we take a look at the Galatians version of that statement. Next, join us. From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, hi there, and welcome to our program. We are continuing our survey of Galatians here on the broadcast. Pastor Gary Wagner has us in Galatians chapter 3 and 4 as we look at faith, what it means, how we live by faith, and the fact that we are sons and daughters of God through faith. Here's Pastor Gary with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. The passage I want us to look at today is Galatians 4, 1 through 11. And that text has a very important purpose, a very basic purpose. Its purpose is to set forth mankind's basic need for Jesus Christ and to show how God has provided for man's need in Christ. What are some of those basic needs? Uh, that our text either brings out or alludes to, well, mankind needs liberty. He thirsts for it. Fallen mankind is a slave to sin. He can't keep from sinning. Fallen man is a slave to God's law. He's shut up in a prison, so to speak, by God's law that continually shows him not how to be saved by obeying the law, but how evil he is. And it closes off all our other exits and ways of escape, so that he is a slave to the indictment and condemnation of God's law and its convicting power. He needs liberty. And when a man is a slave to sin in the indictment of God's law, he becomes easy prey to be a slave to many other things. And many other people, and to many impulses. And only Jesus Christ can break the hold sin has a person on a person and set him free to live for God. Man needs freedom. Our passage also tells us that mankind needs <clears throat> maturity. Mankind's whole life is a futile attempt to escape maturity to live as irresponsible, immature people, as children with no thought of the future, trying to make themselves believe that ideas and actions do not have consequences. And this childishness that marks our present age is seen in the fashions and in the play-oriented living that characterize the life of most people in our day. Why do we have to work? Well, we have to work so that we can have the time and the money to play on the weekend. 
and the more we can be paid, the less days we have to work, and the more days we can play, and it goes around and around. In Christ, we reach full human maturity. We reach full human potential by His Spirit as He molds us more and more every day into the image of God. Man also needs acceptance with God and acceptance by other human beings. He not only needs this acceptance, he needs to be assured of it. He needs to know that he is accepted with God. He needs to know that he can live with people who accept him. Jesus Christ came to lay the basis for our acceptance in the family of God by his own life, death, and resurrection. The Bible says man needs knowledge. He needs knowledge of God who God is and who he is as a man in relation to God, how he is to relate to God, how he is to relate to other people, how he can define himself, how can he relate properly to this planet on which he lives. Sin has blinded his eyes. Sin has confused him. Sin has blurred his vision. He has a guilty ignorance of God. In the heart he knows God. But he suppresses the truth in unrighteousness. And so he needs knowledge of God, which only again the Lord Jesus Christ can bring. Through faith in Christ, we know God and we are known by God in the intimacy of a profound personal daily communion with the creator of the world. Mankind also needs security. He needs certainty and hopefulness, not only with reference to his future, but with reference to his past and his present. He needs to be certain that nothing is going to sneak out of his past and give him a severe bite. He needs to be certain that his present life will account for something and not be wasted. And above all, he needs to know that the future, what the future holds for him, not something terrifying, but something that is beneficial to him and his family. To summarize all these things, mankind needs true life. Because without security, without knowledge of God, acceptance by him, human maturity and liberty, there is no such thing as life. Mankind needs true life. But without Christ, he is spiritually dead. And the law of God and trying to be good and trying to be kind and trying to be honest and trying to be loving and trying to manifest a proper integrity does not cause dead men to live. It confirms their deadness. Only Christ brings true life. Now let's examine our text today, Galatians 4.11, to see exactly how God has provided for all of fallen man's need in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The first three verses I'd like to read again. Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave. Although he is the owner of everything... But he is under guardians and managers until the date is set by the father. 
So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. What is the point of these three verses? Through faith in Christ, we are changed from slaves to sons. That is a repetitive theme throughout the book of Galatians. And it is so basic that through Christ, we are changed from slaves to sons. Now, the figure Paul used was some of the legal requirements of the day, such as the legal status of a child, who may have been the heir of the entire estate of the father, then changes when the child reaches maturity. That is a date that his father might set. Prior to to that time, that child, though he is an heir of everything the father possesses, is no higher and has no more authority than a slave. He can't use any of his inheritance. Oh, he possesses it, but he can't control it, nor can he control his own life. So he has the status for all practical purposes of a slave. And that's the illustration that Paul uses. So what is the point? The point is, in Christ, the believer's legal status, that is, his standing with reference to the law of God and his standing in the court of God changes through faith. Today we are so concerned with experiential things, with the subjective, the emotional, that you hardly hear in many alleged evangelical churches any statement or extensive explanation of our legal standing before God, or how we appear judicially in the eyes of the court of heaven. And the reason we don't hear much about it is because it is outside of us. You see, it's not something we feel. It is something out here that the gospel is primarily about a courtroom. Whenever you experience, whatever you experience is the effect of what goes on in that courtroom. That's the gospel. The gospel is not Jesus makes us feel better. Jesus helps us not to be lonely any longer. All of these subjective things. The gospel is in the courtroom of God where he sits as the judge, and those who were formerly slaves to their sins under the condemnation of God are now, through faith in Christ, accepted, pronounced not guilty, and adopted into the family of God. They are no longer slaves in the court of God. They're no longer looked upon as criminals, though throughout their lives, before their salvation... They were criminals. Now their legal status before the judge, pronounced by that judge, is now forgiven, and he is accepted as a son. Now, if that legal status has not changed with reference to you, don't think that Jesus is going to do anything in your subjectivity and your emotion and your own personal experience. 
your status has to change before the judge first. I mean, if you are a criminal before the judge and the judge is just, then that relationship that you have with the judge is one of condemnation. You stand outside the law. You are a criminal and deserve to be condemned. If a judge is just, that's all he can do, beloved. His hands are tied, as it were. But the moment your status is changed by grace through faith in Christ, because of what Christ has done on the cross in your place, you are justified. The judge of the universe, in whose court you stand, then declares you not guilty, changes your legal status as a son of God, the moment you believe because of what Jesus Christ did by his life, death, and resurrection. So here we see one of the basic needs of mankind. The most basic need of mankind met in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Prior to coming to Christ by faith, prior to our coming of age, prior to our reaching maturity, we were strictly monitored, guarded, managed, tutored by a stern, infallible, unforgiving tutor. Do you remember that imagery? We studied that back in chapter 3. Verse 22 of chapter 3 says, But the scripture has shut up all men under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Before faith came, we were kept in custody under law, being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Remember the point I made that a tutor in ancient Greece was not a schoolteacher, which is the way we usually think of tutors, but the tutor was a slave that had the responsibility of getting a student from the door of the home to the door of the school where the student would be turned over to the schoolteacher. And that tutor, that slave, was often brutal. He was harsh. He was a disciplinarian. But his responsibility, whether he had to grab that student by the back of the neck or whatever, was to get that child from the door of the home to the door of the school to be taught. And the law of God is that tutor. Before we were Christians, before we became of age, before we reached maturity and our legal status was changed through faith in Christ, the law of God was that unforgiving tutor that continued to beat us and bruise us and break us by convincing us of our sins and showing us the depth of the depravity of our hearts and shutting up all other ways of escape from God's judgment and driving us sometimes brutally to Jesus Christ and out of ourselves. The moment the law of God drove us to Christ, and we put our faith in Christ, 
that moment, our entire relationship to God changed its tutorial function. It ceased in our lives. And now rather than something that is brutal and severe and unforgiving, we have a new relationship to the law of God. It is written upon our hearts. And we love to obey it. Not to make points with God, but to please the one who shed his blood on the cross for us. The moment you put your faith in Christ, you are free from the condemnation and the bondage that you were in because of your sinning against God. When you put your faith in Christ, you become of age. You grow up. Your legal standing changes and you become sons of God. Which leads me to say, this is something our age finds offensive to their ears. And this very text puts all of mankind into two groups. When we started the book of Galatians, I said that the main point of the book is that that you are not what you say you are, But you are what God says you are. You are not what you think you are. You are what God declares you to be. And everyone has a specific legal status before God. I mean, it's not just Christians that stand in the court of heaven. All human beings stand responsible to the judge of heaven and earth. That means that every human being has some kind of judicial relationship to that judge. There is no third position. There is no neutral position before God. The entire human race has one of two relationships with that judge. They either have the legal status of being condemned and liable to eternal punishment because of their rebellion against God's law, or because God's grace and unmerited mercy through faith in Jesus Christ, they stand there no longer condemned, but as God's sons with all of their sins forgiven and accepted by the judge throughout all eternity. You see, we are either in bondage, criminals, slaves to sin and under the indictment of the law of God, bound for an eternity in hell, Or we are the sons of God. That's it. This is not just some kind of religious jargon, beloved. Every one of you in this room, whether you are a visitor or member or whether you believe me or not, has some kind of legal relationship to the judge of heaven and earth. The question is, do you know what yours is? Everyone has some relationship to that judge. Are you condemned? Is, which is what we all deserve to be because we are sinners. Or have you been justified? That is, has the judge declared you not guilty and accepted you as his own through your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because of what he did by bearing the punishment your sins deserve? Now make sure of your relationship to that judge because someday, my friends, you are going to stand literally, physically in his court before him. 
Make sure before that day comes, your legal status has changed from one of bondage to the law and to sin to faith in Christ. And understand the moment you put your faith in Christ, that very moment, you become a son of God or a daughter of God. But that very moment, you come into full possession of the inheritance that God says belongs to all of His children. That moment, beloved, you don't have to wait for a future date. You don't have to wait until you become more spiritual. You don't have to wait until you become more knowledgeable. The very moment you put your faith in Christ, you become his son or daughter. And you take possession of that wonderful inheritance of salvation that God says belongs to every child of his. No matter how young you are, no matter how weak your faith is, no matter how new a Christian you are, the moment you put your faith in Christ, you come into full possession of it all. Let me give you a couple of verses. Here's one from 1 John. He who has the Son has life. Not he who has the Son will have life, Somewhere yonder into the future, which you certainly sure will. But he who presently has the Son of God in his life by faith has presently the life, the life that the Son of God gives. Here's another good one from John chapter 3. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. He has, the moment he believes, eternal life. That is not only life that will never end, but God is not going to wait until you die to give you a life that never ends. You have it right at the moment you believe in Jesus. The moment you believed in Jesus, God gave you eternal life, which is morphed only by two things. One, it is never ending, but more important, an eternal life of knowing God. A life of intricate, personal, profound fellowship with the living God the moment you believe and throughout all eternity. So I ask you, which one are you? Are you a son or are you a slave? Now our text even goes farther. Our text tells us that if a person is a slave to sin in bondage to the indictment of the law of God, then he is going to be a slave to other things as well. For instance, look at, look at verse 3 of Galatians 4. It says, Also, we, while we were children, that is, while we were yet immature or while we were still unbelievers, we were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. Now notice down in verse 9 what Paul says about these elemental things. But now you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God. How is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things? So he is saying, those people who are enslaved to sin and in bondage to the indictment of the law of God are also slaves to the weak and frail and worthless and beggarly elemental principles of this world. Well, what's he talking about? 
Well, I think this. The whole discussion that brought Paul to write the book of Galatians was the requirement of the Judaizers of circumcision as well as the rituals and rites of the Old Testament as being the prerequisite for salvation. I think the point he is making is this. When he talks about elemental things, elemental principles, he's talking about the ceremonial, ritualistic character of all heathen religions. Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408-866-5607. We thank you for joining us, and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.